Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Good morning, Tyra. Good morning, Owen. Good morning. Good morning. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? God was speaking to me over the week, and we're going to open with this song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. And uh, how many people know that when God invades our space, things start to change? Snails start to fall off. Look at Saul in the Bible. Saul had a radical encounter with the presence of God, and the scales fell off his eyes, and he began to see things differently. He began to feel things he hadn't, hadn't felt before. My prayer this morning is, Lord, that you would come, you would open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. We would begin to see things differently. We would be able to hear you more clearly and feel you closer, Lord. Our lives would be changed this morning, Lord. Now let's raise the expectation in this place. Let's, let's warm up. Come on. Clapping our hands, we're telling God, look, we're ready. Come and speak to me this morning. Let's sing. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. Sing, see you high and lifted, see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, high and lifted. High and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. The scales fall off, Lord. I want to see you. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you. See you high. See you high and lift it up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. High lifted up, Lord. High lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. You are holy, Lord. I want to see you. We sing holy this morning, Lord. You are holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. 
holy. Let's lift our voices, church. Come on. Holy Lord, holy, 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 I want to see, I want to see you high and lifted, Lord, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love. We sing holy, holy, holy. Let's sing high and lift it. High and lift it up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love. As we sing holy, holy, holy. Sing high and lift it. Just the church. High and lift it up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy. Let's stretch out our arms this morning, declare. High and lifted up in my life, Lord. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Holy Spirit, you're most welcome in this place this morning. and. Right from the start, we open our lives to You afresh. I ask that You would rest on every person in this place, that You would revitalise, recharge, reinvigor, re-envision this morning for Your purposes so that when we leave this place, we're taking the Kingdom wherever we go. Whatever we're doing, when we leave this place, wherever, whenever, we'll be like Jesus. Whenever we, when we leave this place, we'll be filled with confidence. We'll be filled with the urge to share you with others. So I thank you for this time. I thank you for the space where we can gather, where we can turn our attention to you. Lord, I ask this morning that you would give every one of us the ability to shake off any baggage that we may have walked in with, anything that may be weighing us down, that may be vying for our attention this morning, that we would be able to push that to the left and to the right. And that our attention would be firmly fixed, that our gaze would be firmly fixed on you this morning. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to gather together. Father, we declare your blessing over our city, over the nation, over the nations of the world. Father, give leaders great wisdom, I pray, as they lead us. We honour you. In Jesus' name.
Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. It is great to see you. You doing all right? Looking good? Yeah. Yeah. Some of you, some of you are right. Some of you aren't. Yeah. There was a great win last night for the All Blacks. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not quite so confident this morning with the America's Cup. We'll do it, I think, but just a little bit edgy. We've been here before. We know what it feels like. Yeah. Why don't you greet three or four people around you? Tell them they're looking good. Remind them they're a son or a daughter of God. That today they have an opportunity to connect with the King of Kings. Well, today we're very, very privileged to have John Kens with us all the way from Melbourne. Yes, please give him a great welcome. John is the leader of Leaders Network International, the leader and founder. They've seen some great things happen all around the world. And uh, John was our guest yesterday at School of the Spirit. And we had an outstanding day. If you weren't there, you should wish that you were because it was outstanding. And if you weren't there, oh, well, sucks to be you. That's all right. It was awesome. It was awesome. We had a great time and, and um, it was very, very good. Enjoyed it. So anyway, welcome this morning. It's great to have you here. I'm, I'm really expecting this morning that you know, we're going to hear from God. We're going to encounter God that you're in a good place today. You've made a good decision by being here. So well done. Has anybody had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Stanley's birthday yesterday and he tried to keep it a secret. That's good. Birthday, come come this way if you've if you've had a birthday or an anniversary. Oh look, we had a few quiet weeks and it's all starting again. Beautiful. Birthday Graham. Happy birthday. The pair of you. It must be a wedding anniversary, isn't it? No birthday. Same week. Nine days apart. Happy birthdays. All birthdays is it today? Brilliant. It must have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we won't even speculate what was going on, eh? That would be good. Why don't we jump up on our feet and um, let's declare God's blessing over these wonderful people for the next year. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Happy birthday to you all. Wonderful. Well, there's a couple of things that uh, I just need to bring your attention to before we go any further. That is on the 2nd of July, which is not far away, we've got baptisms. And uh, so if you haven't been baptised, if you're a disciple of Jesus and you haven't been baptised, you need to be baptised. It's not an if, but, or maybe you need to be baptised. 2nd of July. Great. Just see a leader or talk to someone at the hub. Someone will get in, in touch with you. That'll be fantastic. Also today, I believe there's brochures out somewhere for the Bible Land trip on the table in the foyer. So it's all coming together. If, you've, if you'd like to visit the Bible Lands, 
Jan and I are taking a tour there in April next year. Uh, it'll cost you $5,000 per person, but that includes your airfares, four-star accommodation, all the food, entry tickets to everywhere. We've managed to get onto an absolutely stunning deal. All I need to make it work is 46 people. So if that's you, um, and so it's quite a few have actually talked to me already about being interested for it. If you could um, send, it's got the Maria's email on there, if you could send sort of like officially your interest in it, I can start to collate numbers and stuff and see if it's going to work out, which would be great. Also, our next School of Leadership starts on the 11th of July. So it's time to get registered for that. Remember, that's free. It's all about uh, building your capacity as a leader, which would be wonderful. The other thing is um, Faith Promise offering. Can you please make sure you get your cards in? We've got probably roughly half the cards come in so far, and we really need them because we've got to make some decisions with what's happening with our global mission for the next 12 months. Um, so we really need your cards in. Don't delay any longer. It's, um, it's becoming difficult now for us to plan ahead because there's not enough cards coming at this point. So that's good. The other thing, who likes a challenge? Hold your hand up if you like a challenge. See, now you're committing yourselves. Not, not many of you like a challenge, do you? Yeah. I, I have the... I have an incredible opportunity for you today at 2.30. An incredible opportunity. So we've got Daz Cheddle with us tonight, along with his mate, uh, Matty Russell, who's a rapper. And what we want to do, what we're going to do, not going to want to do, what we're going to do is we're going to hit the streets of Hamilton and invite people to church and share the gospel with people this afternoon at 2.30. Now, if you've never done that in your life, this is a great example. This is a great opportunity to push past fear and push into faith. Have a go. What can happen? What could possibly go wrong? Lose a few teeth, maybe. Yeah. Someone tells you to take a hike. Whatever. But I th it's a great opportunity. So meet here at two thirty, and we'll go and do that for about an hour or so. And then he's buying cheeseburgers. It'll be a real soft sell. He's buying a hundred plus McDonald's cheeseburgers to you know get the soft way in so it'll be a whole lot of fun and you, you actually need to do this just to get yourself out of your comfort zone hey look at you a bunch of stunned mullets it's like look look anywhere but the guy who's speaking because if he makes eye contact with me I'm in serious trouble I don't like it when the ear goes really uncomfortable at the start of a meeting. It's like I can almost feel everybody clenching. That's great. You've got lots of excuses why you shouldn't be there, but none of them cut it. I'll tell you what your excuses are. Your excuses are cover for fear. That's all they are. So let's step up. It's not like I'm asking you to go and get your head chopped off or anything. You know, it's not like I'm taking you into an eastern country somewhere and saying you're not. There's a high chance you won't come back from this. There is a high chance you will come back from this. I guess there's always the other risk, but there is a high chance you will come back from this, and you'll come back encouraged, and you would have conquered something of fear that perhaps you thought you couldn't conquer. Have I pushed it far enough? But further, but further. Yeah, do it as a family. Come on, we'll have a whole lot of fun. It'll be great. Here at 2.30. Brilliant. Anyway, you guys could lead us in worship. As we worship, why don't you ponder why you wouldn't come at 2.30? And then remind yourself that all your excuses were lame. Good?
far out. It's got, oh, you, do you want to come and have a look? I'm looking at I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I really am. It's quite amusing. So it's like... Come on, jump up on your feet. Let's worship Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are our strength. You are our hope, Lord. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You've already won the victory, Lord. And thank you for your presence that you never leave us nor forsake us. There's nothing to be scared of, Lord. We glorify you, Lord, and as we, we magnify you, Lord, everything else shrinks. We put you first, Lord. This morning, we, we declare that we move you back into first place, Lord, where, where things may have slipped or um, where we may have been distracted, Lord. We intentionally, right here in this place, as we lift our hands and worship to you right now, Lord, we place you first, Lord. We glorify you. Lord, I come into your holy place, standing all of your cleansing grace. Who am I? You would die for me. I glorify the one who died for me. We glorify you. Glorify, glorify, let your name be lifted up and glorify, let the earth tremble at your name, let your name be lifted up and glorify. Jesus, to your hands I commit my life, day by day as living sacrifice. Who am I that you would care for me? Glorify you. The one who died for me, glorify, glorify, glorify. Let your name be lifted up in glorify. Let the earth tremble at your name. Let your name be lifted up. Glorify, we glorify you, Lord. Glorify, glorify. Let your name be lifted up and glorify. Let the earth tremble at your name. Let your name be lifted up. And glorify. Let your name be lifted. Let your name be lifted up and glorify. Let your name be lifted up and glorify. Oh, let your name 
one who begin to confess with our tongue. Whisper. Raise your hands to the Lord and say, look, I glorify you, Lord. You are first in my life. Glorify you, Lord. Yeah. You are first. You are first. You are first. Come on, let's sing. You are first. 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 You are first.
glorify you. Savior, as our King, as our Lord, but also as our brother. And I thank you for the incredible opportunity we have to be able to walk with you, to be able to talk with you, to be able to live with you, to be commissioned to be ambassadors of your kingdom. Stamp something of purpose on each of our hearts today, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it is a great privilege this morning for us to have John Cairns with us. And as I said, he is the, the leader and the founder of uh, Leadership Network International. They've got stuff happening all around the world. And uh, the more I just listen to him chat, the more impressive, actually, I'm going, my goodness, you guys have got fingers everywhere. Uh, doing stuff and, and John is an Englishman and he lives in Melbourne he's been there for a long time so we're really really privileged to have him with us this weekend and so as he speaks today I want you to get the posture of being on the front of your seat and drawing everything you can out of him okay not waiting to see what hits you but 
God, let's, let's be eager. Let's draw out of him today what we can because he's carrying absolutely gold. And um, absolute gold, sorry. And uh, he's going to say some stuff this morning that if you're willing, will take root. And when God waters it, it will produce a great harvest. So can we jump to our feet one more time, sorry. And I want us to give John a massive big welcome as he comes. Thank you. Good morning. Good to be with you today. Thank you so much, Sheridan, Jan, for inviting me. And uh, I'm so glad I accepted the invitation and that uh, I was able to come. And I'm having a great weekend. I don't know if anybody else is, but I'm enjoying it. So I'm going home happy. Hallelujah. And if nobody else is, well, that's their problem. Glory be to Jesus. I was actually uh, interested as I was listening to Sheridan talking about the outreach this afternoon. Uh, it reminded me a few years ago, I met a Chinese uh, pastor, and he was telling us a story about kamikaze evangelists. Have you ever heard about them? They're actually called kamikaze evangelists. You all know what kamikaze is. It means you're not coming back. Hallelujah. And uh, he was telling me about uh, these teenagers who uh, had felt the call of God on their lives to go to parts of China where no other Christian had ever been, where there was no gospel, there were no churches, and they felt called to go. So what they did, they sold their blood. They gave their blood and sold it to raise money. This is 17, 18-year-olds, so that they could go to these places where no one had ever been, knowing that probably they would never come back. Hallelujah. Sounds a bit radical, really, doesn't it? We don't, we don't want to get too over the top about Jesus, really, do we? You know, run away with that stuff. And literally, they were, were never heard of again. But they were going to give the gospel. The worst thing that can happen to you this afternoon is you have to eat a McDonald's burger. That's the worst thing that can happen. Hallelujah. And you probably will come back. So I, I encourage you as well to go along. Well, thank you again. It's been great. How, how many of you were here yesterday? That's great. So you know what God's up to and what's been going on. It's just powerful. Our last session. Uh, I was being asked about it earlier, I said our last session, the second song, I just felt to grab the mic and for the next hour we just saw God move. And uh, I love that. I don't know about you, you know, I'm not in church for just some religious fulfillment. I'm here to, uh, to encounter God, to really meet with Jesus, to get my life changed. How many of you know you need your life changed? Come on, wave at me if you know you need your life changed. How many know the person next to you needs a lot more change in? Come on, amen. Let's, let's, let's preach the truth here. You're sitting next to your wife, repent right now, so you don't have to fear all the rest of the meeting, what she's going to say when we go out to the car, hallelujah, praise God. But uh, I'm the husband of uh, one wife, and uh, I go to Africa a lot, and that's the introduction when the pastors introduce themselves, they say I'm the husband of one wife, because we've had many people come along, get born again, who've got four or five wives, we've had to work through some of that. I think, why would you want four or five? I mean, I've, one, one's enough. Thank God for one, but I mean, you know, hallelujah. I've been married for 44 years. I was six years old when I got married. And uh, no, no, but I've been married for 44 years. Uh, got married very young. Heather and I started dating when we were just in our early teens. We had to wait till we could legally get married. As soon as we were legally able, we got married and have lived happily most uh, of the time. Happily the rest of the 44 years, hallelujah. 
have two children, a son who's 38, a daughter who's 35, and both married with two boys each. So we're very blessed with four grandsons. And uh, I just love them to bits. Outside of Jesus, that's my priority. My ministry comes somewhere down the track. But uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit are the absolute priority of my life. I've given my life away for that. And uh, my wife and my children are absolutely the next. And if I can fit the ministry in, I do. Hallelujah. Because that's my priority. So it's really good to be here with you. And uh, I want to share with you this morning. Oh, we have a few resources out on the table out there. Um, we do a lot of work in Africa and so on. I'm not going to get into it now. There may, I think there's a few still left of these, Maria. A few brochures there, gifts for change, opportunity for anything from $5 to $5,000 to help people in Africa. So feel free to have a look at that. We have these two booklets out there. One is called The Power of Words. The Power of Words. It's just full of scriptures. Just scriptures typed out with all the references so you can see it really is the Bible, not some preacher's idea of the Bible. And so you can have a look at all of that. And I encourage people to speak the Word of God. I get tired of Christians complaining that nothing's going right. And then I listen to them for five minutes and all they do is complain. Instead of speaking the Word of God. And we've just put this out a couple of weeks ago actually. It's called Living in Victory. How many of you want to live in victory? About half of you. Okay. How many of you want to live in defeat? <laughs> Nobody. Okay. That, that confuses me because about 50% haven't responded. How many of you just don't want to live? <laughs> just trying to get clarity on this where I'm headed today hallelujah so I want to talk we've been talking about the Holy Spirit this weekend and I love talking about the Holy Spirit I love talking about Father Son Holy Spirit I just love it I, I love bragging on them because they are just incredible and I find it just amazing that Father's allowed me to serve him all these years and to see incredible stuff happen and uh, so I want to talk this morning for a short time on a church of God's presence and power because that's what we need. We need churches that are filled with God's presence and God's power. As I travel around and I get to travel, as was mentioned, uh, I have the privilege of serving a leaders network where we now have uh, pastors, churches in 13 countries and uh, about four other countries that are waiting to try and connect with us and join with us. And uh, So I, I get to travel once, twice a month at least internationally to different parts of the world, Africa, Asia, Europe, North America and what have you. And as I travel, what I'm finding is that more and more churches and Christians are desiring to move to new levels in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if that's true here. Anybody want to do that? Anybody just don't want to do anything? But uh, I, I, I find in more and more, many people are longing to see a genuine outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Not, not just a nice touch, but an absolute genuine outpouring of the Holy Spirit that impacts not just the church, but actually impacts the community as well. And that's really what the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is all about. It's about impacting our communities. That's why you're doing what you're doing this afternoon, because whatever God's doing with us, we're meant to carry that out and take that out into our normal, everyday world. The way Hamilton's going to get changed is by you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, taking the Holy Spirit with you everywhere you go, to the office, to the store, to the petrol station, and letting His power, His presence, flow in and out of you. Somebody said amen. It might have been an echo. Hallelujah. And in the book of Acts, we see that the presence and power of God was so real, so tangible, that the disciples turned whole cities the right way up. They didn't turn them upside down because outside of God, everything's upside down, topsy-turvy. But what they did, they turned the cities the right way up. And the early church didn't keep up with the culture. 
See, so much of, of what I see around the Western church now, we're trying to keep up with our culture, but the early church recognized that with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the anointing of God, the Word of God, we don't keep up with culture, we actually change our culture. That we are actually counterculture. We're not a subculture. You see, the church is not meant to be hidden away where we can be safe, uh, do our religious stuff, and then go back to normal life. The church is meant to be a place where we encounter God, where God works on our lives, impacts us, makes us different, and then sends us out so that we can push back against the culture of the day. And we can show them there's a better way to do life. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that being a Christian is a better way of doing life? Amen. And so the world needs to see that. They need to see that in us day after day after day. The disciples were passionate for the Lord and His church. Excuse my voice, I, I got a throat infection on Thursday just before I flew over here actually, the day before. And uh, praise God, it's been strong all the weekend and I'm believing it stays strong, hallelujah. But it might just squeak a little bit at times. Just, just think that's His normal voice, you know. But the disciples were passionate for the church, and it led to dynamic things happening everywhere. God wants a people who are passionate. Oh, hallelujah. God wants a people who are passionate. How many of you have ever heard the word passion? How many have ever felt any? Whoa, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. God wants us to be passionate. See, if the church is not excited about Jesus, the world's never going to get excited about him. You know, if, if I go to people and I just present a sad, miserable kind of uh, countenance, and it's kind of, oh, I want to tell you about Jesus. Jesus made a difference in my life. I have to think, what were you like before you met him? Because you're pretty grotty right now. Amen. There's something, I'm, I'm passionate. I've been serving Father for 39 years now. Uh, literally this month, 39 years. And I am passionate, even more passionate for him and his kingdom and who he is and, what he, and, and not about what he's given me. I'm, I'm not too worried about what he gives me. I'm just passionate for him. I think he's just brilliant. I think he's outstanding. I think he's awesome. Hallelujah. And so I, I'm passionate about that. So when I talk to people about Jesus, I'm not apologetic. I'm excited because, you know, just like I've already talked about my wife because I'm so in love with her. I'm so in love with Jesus that I can't help but talk about him. So I'm going to introduce him in, into any conversation. So if I'm having a McDonald's, if somebody makes me and punishes me and I have to have a McDonald's, then uh, uh, I'm going to introduce Jesus somehow into that because I want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him because somebody said you've got to do evangelism. I want to talk about him because he is the most important person in my life and I just love him. Hallelujah. I make no apologies for it. So the early church had great enthusiasm and passion. There's a great passage in John chapter 2. Uh, I won't read it all now, verses 13 to 17. How many of you have ever read John chapter 2? It's in the Bible, if that helps. How many have heard of the Bible? Wave at me if you've heard of the Bible. Great, this is wonderful. Quite a crowd today. In that passage, Jesus goes up to the temple with his disciples and he sees a lot of rubbish happening, which I think he still sees today, but anyway, I won't get sidetracked. And he, 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 he gets upset. But this is not sinful anger. This is righteous anger. There's a big difference, and we don't have time to, to discuss that today. But he then begins to make a whip. So this is not just a response to something. This is calculated. There's a righteousness about what he's doing. And so the Bible says that he said, where, where is it? Let me get out here. Uh, verse 15, Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. I love that, don't you? That, that fits with the gentle Jesus, meek and mild caricature, doesn't it? 
I love the fact that Jesus is sitting over here and he's looking at them and he's full of love, he's full of compassion and he's making a whip. <laughs> I was sharing with them yesterday, I've often, you know the Bible says you, we're meant to do the things Jesus did, I've often thought that's one of the things I want to do. Make a whip and give everybody a good whooping. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know how you'd feel, but I feel a lot better about that. Hallelujah. But Jesus made a whip. And he said this. You can read it in verse 17, I think it is. Passion for God's house will consume me. Wow. And I can imagine as he went around the temple, what would the disciples think? You imagine Jesus was sitting here this morning and then suddenly gets up and gets a whip and starts whipping you around. Wonder how you'd go with that. that. That really would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? I can imagine Pete, I mean, he'd have loved it, wouldn't he? Pete is saying, that's my man. And Pete's smacking them on the head after, just in case they didn't get the whip, you know. And Thomas is probably saying, mm, I doubt they'll enjoy this. You know? And John is just going, hey, peace, man, peace. We, we love you. We love you guys. We love you. He was called the disciple of love. But... Uh, See, it was exciting to be around Jesus, and I want to propose to you that it's still exciting to be around Jesus. Uh, maybe I'll propose it again. Uh, I propose again that it's exciting <laughs> to be around Jesus. Hallelujah. It is still such an exciting life to be around him. You, you never knew what Jesus would do. He might heal a blind person. You're just minding your own business, and the blind person, and he just speaks the word, and they're healed. Or he says, let's go for a walk. And he goes straight across the lake. How exciting would that be? Do you have a lake here? I don't know. Wouldn't that be great? You're going with Jesus and he says, let's walk. And he just steps out on the water. Wouldn't that be exciting? You say, I'll see you the other side. You walk around, you know. But I mean, it was, you just never knew. And I want to tell you that today you still don't know what Jesus is going to do. You still never know. You can be walking down the street, you meet someone, and Jesus, through you, can heal them. Through you, Jesus can speak a word of life and deliverance and, and acceptance and love. Hallelujah. It's still exciting to be around Him. This is a great time to be alive. Let me just, let, 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 let me just check. How many of you are alive? I, I, was just sure, I wasn't sure if we had some cardboard cutouts or something, but just, just making sure. This is a great time to be alive. It really is. This, this is wonderful. If I, 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 I wish I could have lived when Jesus was on the planet. I wouldn't have had a clue what he was doing, but I would have had a fun time. But if I couldn't live then, I'm glad I'm living now. This is such an exciting time to be around Jesus. God's working on his people, his dwelling place. He's getting rid of our security in form and ceremony. You see, so often, even Christians, we get our security and our comfort in the ceremonies, the way we do things, the way it happens. As long as church goes like this, this, and this, I'm comfortable. And I love it that Jesus comes in and says, I'll just wreck that. Because it's not about form, it's not about ceremony, it's about relationship with me. Hallelujah. And everything is about hinge, hinging on that relationship with him. And he's building a place where we can find absolute security in him. He's building a house that's all about him. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 21-22, in the Message Bible, it says, We see it taking shape, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, you're being built into the house of God. God's dwelling place. Wow. It's a temple, it goes on to say, a temple in which God is quite at home. See, God wants to be at home in you. 
doesn't want to visit with you. He doesn't want to just drop off a Christmas present now and again to you. He wants to be at home in you, individually and corporately. Father wants to be able to walk into this place and say, I'm home. Uh, uh, how many of you know that feeling about going home? I travel a lot. You know, last year I think I took about 50 flights and I was overseas 15, 16 times and traveling all over Australia doing stuff. And I, I'm grateful to Father that I can travel. I am so privileged that he allows me, some little guy from England, to travel and see what I see. And I love it. And, and I love the fact I can come here and I'm so well taken care of and well looked after. But you know, when I'm traveling, I'm subject to many other things. Like here, if Sheridan says to me, you need to be ready at 8.30, I say, yes, sir, that's not a challenge, that's not a problem, I'm here, I'm subject to you, you have the authority over my life in this house, and so I just willingly submit to that. If he says, I want you to be ready at midday, yes, sir, I'll be ready at midday, and that's cool, that's not a problem, I don't sort of in my heart think, oh, yeah. you know, I'm very happy to do that, and, and grateful for the opportunity. But you know, when I fly back home, and I get indoors, I put my suitcase down, I'm home. I'm now in charge. Well, if my wife says I am. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I get him a lazy bike and flip back. If I don't want to eat dinner at 6 o'clock, I'm not going to eat Well, again, unless Heather says you will. But you, you know what I mean? If I want to have a sandwich at midday, I can have a sandwich at midday. No, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm grateful to God. I'm happy to fit with any itinerary, any program that people ask me to do. It's not a problem. I cheerfully do that. But when I'm home, I can just be me. You know what I mean? I don't put on a front here. This is who I am. People say, is he like that at home? And Heather just nods her head and said, sadly, yes. <laughs> this is me. I, I haven't got the ability to pretend to be someone else. But, but you know what I mean, you're home. How many of you go away for a week and you're just glad you're home? You get back and I'm home. You can just chill out. You can just be yourself. You can just do what you want to do. That's how Father wants to be with us. Just wants to chill out. Just wants to come and say, hey, John, I just want to chill out. I want to be at home. Not... not you making demands on me, not you telling me this, telling me that, calling it prayer and ordering me about. But it's, it's just where I can be me in you. Wow. That's the kind of house that God is building. You know, speaking to my wife, the other day we got in a petty argument. She thought she heard a noise at the end of the house, the other end of the house. And she woke me and she said, I think there's burglars in the house. And I think they might be eating the tuna casserole I made tonight. And I, without thinking, I just said, well, that'll teach them. But, uh, you know, I wasn't properly awake. Somebody said this. <laughs> we've made our churches, oh, I've got to keep moving. We've made our churches so appealing to men that many times God's not comfortable. I, 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 I hear so many quotes, but uh, I never claim anything that's not my original. I always say someone said because I remember hearing it. But sometimes we're trying to make church so nice for people that Father looks and says, I'm not sure I can visit there. I'm not sure I want to stay there. We want a house, our own individual house, our own corporate church houses. We want to make them places where Father says, I'm just at home. I can just be me. See, it's a church filled with God's presence. In Mark chapter 2, there's a great verse. I was actually reading this passage in Mark chapter 2 to get to another verse. You know what I mean? Like when you read John chapter 3, you read verses 1 to 15 so you can get to 
number 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I was kind of reading Mark chapter 2 actually to get to another verse. And I, I, I read verse 1 and I got to verse 2 and the Holy Spirit said, stop, I want you to go back and read verse 1. So I went back and read it and then he began to speak to me. And I don't have all the time to get into it now, but talking of a church filled with God's presence, it says in Mark 2 verse 1, and he entered Capernaum and it was heard that he was in the house. Nor I've read that many times and just, oh yeah, Jesus came visit. But the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and said, is it heard that he's in your house? Is it being noised abroad that Jesus is in your house? When you go down to the supermarket, is Jesus in your house? When you go to work, is Jesus in the house? It was heard. Didn't even have to tell them. There was just an evidence of the presence of Jesus in the house. And that's exactly what Father wants for you and me, that there's evidence in our lives that Jesus is in the house. Don't even have to tell people sometimes. Uh, Heather and I were counseling a particular couple, uh, 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 an individual lady, sorry, a few years ago. She came and she got counseling and she went home. She called us later, about 11 o'clock at night, and she said, this is unbelievable. You didn't know, but when I came to you, I have this serious illness and it was actually manifesting on me. I won't go into all the personal stuff, but... She said, it was all happening whilst I was sitting with you, but as you were counselling me, the, the problem stopped, and now all the pain's gone, and I've been totally healed. And it wasn't because we prayed for her and, and got into an incredible place of faith. I believe it was because Jesus was in the house. See, when you encounter Jesus, something has to happen. When you encounter his presence, something has to happen. And it says that it was heard that Jesus was in the house. We have to remind ourselves, the followers of Jesus, that we are the house. He lives in us. So we've got to break the mindset, get people to church. We've got to break out of that. It's not about getting people to this place. It's about getting these people to that place. It's about getting the people out of the house into the world, pushing back against the culture, and letting people see Jesus is in our house. Hallelujah. That he's working in us. And through us, we don't need to get people to come to church. When we pray, oh God, bring someone to the church, I think we're missing it by a million miles because Jesus said, go, go. How many of you know what go means? There's not a multiple choice, sorry. Go means don't stay. <laughs> so not about stay here in our safe zone and hope that somehow some unsaved person will somehow accidentally find our way here. It's about the church with Jesus in the house going to where they are and letting them encounter his presence and suddenly they're saying, who's in your house because there's something different about you. Not because you're freaky. I mean, how many of you know, don't look around? How many of you know there are freaky people around? Keep looking forward. <laughs> it's not about being freaky. It's just about being you. But Jesus in the house and letting him be who he wants to be in and through you. When you're at the mall, when you're at the cafe, when you're at the work, when you're at the church, just at the hotel this morning, a young, young guy came who I've seen the last three mornings, and he just said, oh, you're still here? And we began to engage in conversation. I'd just been able to have a couple of minutes with him. Jesus is in the house, even when I'm having breakfast. Jesus is in the house. I don't have to try to be anything. You see, there should be something about his presence that draws people, that impacts people. I remember when I was in Cameroon, the time just so, goes so fast. I was in Cameroon, which is in West Africa. How many of you have heard of West Africa? Yeah, it's over there somewhere. 
And uh, I, I'd been going for three or four years, and we were seeing incredible stuff. I mean, we used to get thousands of people together. I don't know. I deliberately restrict it, but used to get just big crowds together and do all sorts of exciting stuff. And it's very tribal. Sorry, this is in Kenya. They're, they're very tribal. So there's several tribes. There's tribal languages and tongues and all that kind of thing. And uh, when I got there one year, they told me, oh, King Peter, who leads a tribe of five million, heard what you did last year, and he was insulted that you didn't come visit with him. So I didn't even know it existed. It's really hard to sort of go visit someone you don't know exists, you know. Uh, But anyway, they said, you've got to go see him this year. So I said, I'm happy to do that, no problem. So they took me to his palace through the bodyguards and all the rest of it, and I come in to talk with King Peter. He leads about five and a half million people. And uh, he's asking, what's going on in these meetings? I'm hearing that the blind eyes are opening, lame are walking and that, which is kind of what we regularly see. And uh, uh, I, I want you to talk to me about that. So I began to talk, and he'd, been, he'd actually studied in Oxford, England, so he's very, very brilliant with his English. And uh, so we get chatting. I was told it would be a 20-minute appointment with him. Well, after an hour and 40 minutes, I'm thinking, this has got to end soon because I've got to go to a meeting. But how do you tell a king, hey, I've had enough, I'm leaving, without losing your head? Anyway, I said, well, thank you so much, sir, for your time and for your interest in in Jesus and and what we're presenting here. I have to go. He said, no, you can't go. I thought, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. He said, until you pray for me. He's not a Christian. So I said, well, it would be an honor and a privilege, sir, to pray for you. But I knew I couldn't, you know, the bodyguards are standing there. I can't lay a finger on him, so... I'm about to pray, and he said, no, 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 Mama must come, his wife, and the children. So here comes Mama and the children. Well, I start praying, and this was one time I don't want the Holy Spirit to manifest. Because I don't know what's going to happen. I start praying, and Mama starts shaking, and tears start rolling down her face. I'm thinking, no, no, God, stop, (laughs) stop. And literally, she crashes onto the floor. I'm, I'm sort of this far as I am from Ray, and she crashes on the floor. The bodyguards are looking at me like, we're going to kill you. <laughs> and so then I turn to, to the king, and I begin to pray. He begins to shake. He begins to sob. He begins to nearly fall. The bodyguards run over to grab him. And they're looking at me like, what have you done? And I'm looking at someone else in the room saying, I think it's him. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And the power of God just invaded the place, the presence, because Jesus is in the house. It's not about what I could do because I'm just standing there praying my little prayer. And yet the presence of God changed them. So King Peter, long story short, he insisted I go to this whole big new place they're building of the history of their tribe and the history of eastern Kenya and East Africa and so on. They've decided they've named a part of that after me. They've put me on their welcome video and all the rest of it, that Pastor John Cairns has been here and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, all I did was pray. But the presence, Jesus is in the house. And that's what God wants to flow in and through each one of us. His presence. You see, sin is destroyed in His presence. I don't have to wrestle with people when Jesus is there. I don't have to try and fight to get them to change their mind because his presence destroys sin. It destroys all that rubbish that goes on in lives. So the presence of God, let's move on. And a church filled with God's power. Luke 4, verse 18 and 19. says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon us so that we can be happy. 
have lots of money, never have any problems, and have a happy little life. How many have got that version? How many want that version? <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord is upon us so that we can break all the rubbish that's over people's lives, so that we can set the captives free, heal the hurting, the wounded, the brokenhearted, so that they can see that Jesus died and rose again to make a difference in their lives, not at a historical event, but to radically impact them now, where they're at, whatever they're going through. And we need a manifestation of Holy Spirit power to move us from safe Christianity to supernatural Christianity. I'm troubled that so many Christians are living safe little lives. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's supernatural life. It means anything could happen anytime, anywhere. I could literally spend the rest of the day telling you testimonies, even of just when I've been on airplanes. And the presence of God has shown up. Times, I shared one account yesterday, times when I don't even want to talk to anybody. The love of God is not just flowing out of me at that moment. How many are like me? You don't always have naturally the love of God just flowing. Come on, be honest. How many of you like me? Sometimes you just think, I could not love you even if I tried right now. Clear off. Come on. <laughs> Oh, so I'm, I'm just, this is who I am. I'm just real with that. And yet, there's something supernatural that even on airplanes, even when I don't feel like I want to do something, somehow, God, I, I don't have the time to tell you. No, I remember one flight, particularly leading four flight attendants to Jesus on the flight, 10-hour flight. Can't tell you now, but I kept getting words of knowledge over them. They'd, they'd come and I'd say, yeah, what's good, you know, and this is, and they'd start weeping. I'd think, I'm going to get thrown off the plane. Because all these flight attendants are going back to serve people like this, you know. And, and it's just word of knowledge after word of knowledge. And I had the joy of praying for four of them on that one flight alone. But it's just see the power of God. And Jesus is in the house. It's supernatural Christianity. You see, it's not about being safe and secure and comfortable. It's about finding your security in Jesus and being safe in him, even if you're in difficult situations. My life has been literally that I know of. Literally, where I've stood there has been threatened three times. I've had a gun held to my head. Heather and I have had terrorists point their rifles at us. And actually, in South Africa, we were attacked in a township in 1980 with guys with machetes. So it's not about being in a safe place. It's been about where Jesus wants you because that's the safest place you can ever be. And living in his presence and knowing his power at work in, in and through you. You may feel inadequate. You may feel too weak. How many of you feel a little bit weak today? See, most of you can't even lift your hand. <laughs> but you see, that's when God shows up. 2 Corinthians 6, uh, 12, verse 9, says, my, God says, My strength and my power show themselves most effective in your weakness. Hallelujah. So when I'm weak, He's strong. That's brilliant. If I feel a little bit weak, well, come on, Lord. Hallelujah. This is your moment. This is your time. Step up and do what you want to do in and through me. Hallelujah. See, and then that way, whatever miracles happen, he gets the glory. Because I know, you see, when I'm weak, I can't do stuff. So when stuff happens, it's got to be him. So he gets all the glory as a result of that. Hallelujah. His power that drives out demons, heals the sick, set the captives free. See, I tell people, I, I don't have time to worry about what the devil's up to. I really haven't got time to worry about what he's doing. Some people say, oh, the devil's this. I ain't got time to worry. Uh, let him worry about what I'm doing. 
I'm too busy doing stuff for God. I ain't got time to worry what the devil... And if the devil confronts me, he's in trouble because the greater one lives in me. Hallelujah. So if he tries to mess with me, he's going to end up really battered and bruised anyway. Not because of me, but because I'm the house where Jesus lives. Hallelujah. And I've had witch doctors come. We've had meetings in Africa where witch doctors... We had witch doctors in Brighton in England where I'm from. We had a coven that used to meet next to the hotel where we met and they would try to put curses on us. One night they sent one of their witches over to our meeting and she came and sat on the front row thinking she would be hidden away. And as I walked in the meeting, the Holy Spirit said, that's a witch. I said, well, hallelujah. Didn't do anything at that moment. Began to preach, the power of God came on her. Man, God smacked her around. I mean, in a nice way, because he only does stuff in love. And uh, she gave her life to Jesus at the end of the meeting. Hallelujah. Praise God. Went back and told some of the other witches. You see, it doesn't matter because the greater one lives in me. Hallelujah. I don't, have to, I don't have to worry about that stuff. I ain't got time for it. And so we can set captives free. I see people healed constantly. We see thousands of people healed every year physically. And just recently, a lady in Melbourne was carried out to the front of the meeting in, a, in one of the meetings I was doing in Melbourne. Literally two people carried her out. A lot of people were out for prayer, prayed for her. Finish the meeting, we're walking out, and there's these two, three women walking with me. I didn't recognize, but one of them was the woman who'd been carried out to the front. She'd been healed. We hadn't even noticed, you know, praise God. Just the power of God. The power of God. Woman I prayed for last year, been in a wheelchair 25 years. This is Melbourne again, not dark Africa. It's dark Melbourne. And 25 years she'd been in a wheelchair. Had a, when she was giving birth, they overdosed her with different stuff and she was paralyzed. So she ended up in a wheelchair. And I just grabbed her hand. I didn't even think about it. It wasn't like, oh God, this is a really big one. Because you know, how, uh, to God, everything is just, you know, he's God. So I just grabbed her hand and I just spoke the word. And I believe it wasn't me, it was her faith. I'm, I'm convinced of that, nothing to do with me. And I just prayed with her. Actually, nothing happened right there and then which is fine, it's not my problem, I just do what I'm told to do and move on. So I prayed with her. I got this call early afternoon, Sunday afternoon, after the meeting, the pastor's absolutely off the planet. He said, you won't believe it, you won't believe it, what's happened? Long story short, this woman, she left the meeting, she said to her son, buy me some shoes. He said, well, mum, you don't walk. She said, no, I got healed. He ran off to Kmart. He bought shoes, put the shoes on, she stepped out of the wheelchair. She's now running around telling everybody about Jesus Christ, hallelujah. She's obviously a lot more excited than you, but uh, that's fair enough. But see the power of God, the power of God. I need to finish up. As His presence and power are released in and through us, there might be kingdom clashes, but greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. I remember I was going down a prayer line again in Brighton in England, and uh, I just put my hand on the heads of people, and at that time I'd led, in the previous three months, I'd led about 80 people personally to Jesus, just on the streets or at the shops or in the cafe or whatever, and one of them was a body, ex-bodyguard, you know, he would stand at the front of these rock concerts, and he would dare you to get past him, huge bloke, well I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord, and then a, a British soldier, just come out of the army, went through all sorts of rubbish and just led him to the Lord. He became one of my closest buddies. And they were in this meeting, sitting on right on the front row. I'm their hero. I know that shocks you, but I have some people, I'm their hero. And they're sitting right in the front. And I'm going down the prayer line, just praying for folk. And 
as I was praying for this bloke, de- demons just manifested. I won't tell you all about it because some I know freak out about that stuff. But they just manifested. And he pulled back his arm and he smacked me as hard as he could in the stomach. Just hit me as hard as he could. Now, praise God, I didn't feel it. Didn't even feel it. But these two guys, they're new Christians. They jump up and they say, What did he just do to you, pastor? He ain't getting away with that. You want us to do him over? So I said, yes, please, you know. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I said, no, 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 not in public. Take him around the back and do it. But no, and they really, they were going to knock his lights out, you know, particularly this bouncer dude. He's about six foot four and as wide. He was ready to kill the guy for me, you know, because of what he did. I didn't feel it, praise God. There might be stuff that happens, but it doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't matter. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. And what we need is his presence and his power. My time's gone. I need to finish. Let's just pray. Father, thank you. You're building a place of your presence and your power, a place where you can just be at home, a place where it's all about you, not about us. And Father, I'm praying right now that you will move on these folk that are here. And maybe you've never encountered Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus. You've never met Jesus. Maybe somebody brought you along today or you just thought you'd come and have a look. What's this stuff about church? I want to invite you this morning to encounter Jesus. You can know him just the way I know him. It doesn't take years and years. The Bible says that he came from heaven He walked on the planet to show us what God the Father looks like. Then he went to the cross, not for anything he did, but for our sins, for our selfishness, for our self-centeredness. And then on the third day, he rose again to prove that he has all power and all authority over death, hell, demons, everything that could happen on this planet. And he then made a way for you, for me, to come into an incredible relationship with the Father God. And if you've never experienced that, we would love this morning to introduce you to Jesus and help you to begin your journey with Him, where you will find it is the best thing that's ever happened in your life. I don't care who you are. I've had the privilege of working and meeting and talking with film stars that I could name and you would know. I've had the privilege of talking with rock stars. I've had the privilege of talking with gutter people, street people, the destitute, the homeless. It doesn't matter where you are at. Your life will be radically altered for the good when you encounter Jesus Christ. So before I pray for anything else, I want to just invite, if you've never said, I would love to have Jesus run in my life, giving me the kind of life that I'm meant to have. I would love to have a relationship with God the Father. We'd love to pray with you and introduce you. And then it's the rest of your life to work it out. Is there anybody here before I pray for anything else that you say this morning, would you help me to meet Jesus and connect with Father God? Is there anybody? Just raise your hand up. I'm not going to take a long time, but I want to give you the opportunity. I hate you to come here and not have the opportunity to connect with Him. It's life-changing. It's radical. 
even if you got a good life. And let me tell you, I was, I was living a good life. I was not miserable. I was having a great life. But when I encountered Jesus, wow, the life I had was incomparable to the life I now have because of Him. Is there anybody? Just raise your hand up right now. We're not going to embarrass you. I'll pray with you. And at the end of the meeting, we will talk with you and help you as much as we can. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, just keep moving by your Spirit. There are those who have not yet connected with you, those who have not yet surrendered to your Lordship. I pray even before they get off this build, out of this building, you will capture them by your Spirit. Church of presence and power. How many of you here saying, I want to live with that sense of Jesus in the house? You may be a follower of Jesus already, but you're not living with that real connectedness. And you're saying today, I'd love to live with that sense of connectedness that, that everywhere I'm going, Jesus is in the house. How many of you like that? If you like that, just stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you. Just where you are, I'm just going to pray and believe for His Spirit to touch you. That you go out of this place and it's a different Sunday morning now. It's not back to the same old. But you begin to live at a different level in another realm, in another place. Because you've got this sense of uh, Jesus is in the house. That when you face that yucky situation you got, that issue that you've got to face down tomorrow, instead of facing it in your own strength, you're going to be facing it knowing Jesus is in the house. Father, I thank you. Lift your hands up as you stand there. Father, I pray right now for all these wonderful men and women who are standing before you. Lord, they're not content to just live with safe Christianity. They're standing to say, I want to live with a genuine sense of Jesus in the house. I want to live with a new sense of connectedness to Him and who He is. And Jesus, I pray right now, would you just so present yourself by your Spirit. Make it real to them. Make it real. Lord, not just a nice little touch. Make it real that they encounter you, that they go about their stuff today and they'll just know Jesus is in the house. That they live at a whole new level. Now just receive it. Just by faith, believe. Thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. You're in my house. You're in my house. Put your hand on your chest and say, Jesus, you're in this house. You're in this house. And now believe by the power of His Spirit that you will carry that. You'll live with that awareness. You'll live with that connectedness from this moment on. And I can promise you, if you do that, you will see life is different. Life is different. Hallelujah. Take your seats quickly. One more thing I want to do, if that's okay. We're still within our time frame, I think. I want to pray for those who are sick today. That person who's got right knee cartilage issues, I want to pray for you in a moment. You're getting this clicking and this pain in your right knee. It's not 24-7, but many times when you've sat or you've been laying, you get up and you, you got that. That person with just right down here in this lower back area is just excruciating pain many times. I want to pray with you today. Believe for God's power to touch you. That person, you've got a problem with your eyes. They're sore, they're itchy. Sometimes it feels like someone's stabbing into them. Again, not all the time, but it's just like sometimes it's like, wow. It's just that sharp, sharp pain. There's some people here with stomach issues. You're getting pain and all sorts of stuff we don't need to go into. I want to pray with you today. I believe. I am absolutely convinced 
I have not one shred of doubt that Jesus is the healer. I've seen him for 39 years. I've seen people healed on the streets. I've seen non-Christians healed. I've seen sometimes in some of our conferences and crusades, thousands healed over the course of a week. I know Jesus is the healer. I can't heal you. Let me just get that out of the way. I'm not a healer. Don't run to me at the end and say, oh, can you heal me? Because my answer will be no. But you see, I've got this incredible friend and his name's Jesus. And he lets me partner with him when he does his stuff. And he just heals people. It's outstanding. I'm, I'm getting all emotional about it because it's incredible. Just how much he loves people and he wants to set us free from all that stuff. So if I've mentioned you this morning and I haven't mentioned you, forgive me just for the time. I still would love to pray for you even where you are. I don't even have to get my hand on you because it's Jesus who's going to heal you. But would you stand to your feet if that was a word that I shared just then for you or I didn't share a word for you but you want to know that healing touch of Jesus. Bless you as you stand. Bless you. Oh, come on. I've I got to do something. Can you just run to the front with me for a minute? Come on. I, I've got to get my hand on you. Probably round your neck, some of you. But come, just, just come to the front. Very, but We've only got a minute or two left now. Just come to the front. I, I need to do that. I, I just feel Father's heart of love for you. Just come on. You come down to here. You're not allowed here because this is my spot. But you're allowed up to here. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Could we have a few people come and stand with them as well? This is not to catch you. I'm not worried. I'd actually prefer you to stay standing. <laughs> Seriously. It's much easier to pray for you when you're standing. I have to kneel down if you hit the floor. So it's not to hold you. But if you believe that Father is the healer, would you come and just stand with them as well? Get your hand on some of these folk right now. Jesus, amen. I'm glad you came. I would have had to call you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Those of you that come for prayer, just close your eyes. Reach out your hands like somebody's going to give you something. All right? It's like someone's going to put something in your hands now. Because I want you to know you're receiving right now. It's happening. Where you had some pain, that pain's going already. I feel that. I feel it. I sense it already. Who have you had pain? Who have you had pain in your body? Just raise your hand if you had pain. Okay, now just release. release, Receive that healing. All pain, go. All pain, go. All pain, go. All that pain, go in the name of Jesus. All that pain, go in the name of Jesus. That pain, go in the name of Jesus. That pain, go. Go, go, in the name of Jesus, pain, go. All that pain driven out in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus. Thank you. Just see Him putting that healing into your life right now. Just receive it as a gift. Don't have to stress over it, work it up. Do it right, have the right words. All you've got to do is receive. He's the healer. He's the healer. I speak healing. I speak healing. Speak healing right now. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. You just got to receive it. Receive healing right now. Receive it. Be made whole. Be made whole. Be made whole. I speak that word of healing. 
in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. You're receiving it already. It's happening. It's happening. It's just a gift from Father. It's healing. Receive it. Aren't you glad it doesn't say once you get to 55, I can't do anything with you? It's not what the Bible says. Father shouts through the ages, I am the Lord who heals. I release that healing right now. I release that healing. Don't live with that confusion, that stuff that goes around your mind that bothers you and messes with you and at times you're up and at times you're down and it just doesn't seem to click at times. Don't, don't live with that confusion. I speak peace right now over a mind. There's a lot of stuff you just can't work out. It doesn't compute. Father's saying, I'm not going to satisfy your mind immediately. He will in due course. But he's looking for you to reach out, put your hand in his and just say, I trust you. Even though I don't get it, I trust you. I speak peace to you now. I, I really believe Father wants you to go home with peace that you didn't come with. That disquiet that's been in your spirit, he speaks peace. Thank you, Jesus. You don't have to work it out. You don't have to be this, that, or the other. You just have to be surrendered. And as you surrender every part, as you say, every part of me is yours, he'll fill you with his presence. And one of the effects of that will be his healing will flow. He'll bring wholeness. You know what I'm talking about. He loves you so much. Do you know what? He loves you more than you think he loves you. Because there's times you think, how could he? Is it real? He's real. He's touching you right now. I know it's me, but Jesus is touching you right now. And as you sort of unlock all those areas and you just say, okay, come on in, come on in. Be at home. As you do that, you're going to find he kind of brings healing with him. He brings freedom with him brings wonderful stuff with him because it's who he is you're a good man but some stuff's hidden in you some stuff's been hidden away for too long God wants to begin to bring it all forward again there's a much bigger life that he has for you just let him fill every part and you'll step into it Hallelujah. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you. It's not about how we feel. It's about what you say. Your word says it. So I pray that even as they go through the rest of the day, those that haven't already experienced will experience your healing power, that presence and power just flying in and through them. I ask in the name of Jesus, as you make your way back to your seats, Give the Lord a big clap, would you, for what he's done in the house. Just head back to your seats. Thank you so much for your response. And I've, I forgot to mention, we got these little USBs as well. There's three different uh, titles. I think this one has got about 12 sermons on it, plus a video, plus a booklet. So on, so have a look. Somebody will be at the table out the back there. Could we all just stand as I just pray? Father, thank you so much. Lord, I just so love you. I'm so grateful to you. You are amazing. I love you so much, Jesus.
I love you, Holy Spirit. And I pray as we head out now, we won't step out, but we'll step into even more of your presence and your power. And Father, each one of these dear, precious people that stands before you right now, they will not just go back and it's just the same old, but there will be a new awareness of you in their lives. There'll be a new sense of your power and your presence. And I pray that each one will step up and step into all that you have for them. That not only will they be different, but through them, things will begin to happen because Jesus is in the house. That he and he alone might get all the honor and he alone might get all the glory. We ask it in his precious name. Would you give the Lord another big clap?